Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Special edition of Hello, world. We're on the road. We're sharing Jesus Christ someplace in America today. But we don't want to miss being with you on a daily basis. Three very important segments today in this special edition. Call a friend, tell them we're on the air. We want to remind you again that uh, we have our book out there. InvisibleWarOnTheSaints.com is available to you right now. Many people taking it to the mission field. Others buying several copies for family and friends. A help, spiritual warfare. Dr. Copley and I have spent 80 years helping people with demonic problems. And that's a culmination of many years of our personal work in this area. InvisibleWarOnTheSaints.com. Make sure you get your copy today. Thank you again. Thank you again for listening to Hello World, telling others about the broadcast and supporting us in any way you can. And you know what I always say, I think I love you. Let me ask you something. Are you a positive part of your church? Are you a positive Christian? In other words, people around you, do they recognize your faith? Do you get them excited about your life? I've shared many times about a gentleman here in Cherubusco, Indiana, near Fort Wayne, Good News Baptist Church. His name was Marvin Troyer, Baptist preacher. Every time I would step in, he was in the office. He would get me corralled and let me know what he was preaching on Sunday. He was so excited, had his Bible laid out, commentaries laid out, notes here and there. And I'm telling you, he could get me into it instantly. He was that excited about his relationship to God and sharing Jesus Christ with the world. How about you? Some people just kind of get by today, and isn't that sad? We should be excited, my friend. I'll say again, my first visit to I-74 Baptist Church, I was eventually saved there a couple of weeks later, but uh, the impressive part was the teenager who invited me. He was excited about God and his church. I remember walking through the door, and there's this old guy in his 80s, Mr. McCowan, and he was so excited about me being there with my wife. He just talked and shared and showed us where to sit in this old country church in Acton, Indiana. I got to tell you, I was just impressed with everything about that, and, and I think that's the way it should be, my friend. You may only get one chance to share Jesus Christ, one chance for that person to be saved. And, and oftentimes, we're our own worst enemy. I mean, people just act like it's not a big deal to be a Christian, and it is. Whatever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might, it says in the book of Ecclesiastes. In other words, we should be fired up about our salvation experience, and certainly one of the best things you will ever do is just simply share with people what God did in your life. Have you told your testimony recently? Ours has been heard on the worldwide broadcast Unshackled these four times going around the world, and I love to be able to listen to that message. I had nothing to do other than follow God. I just told the story about how wicked my life was and how a teenager, 16 years old, invited me to church, how I went, heard that message, oh, for the very first time, and so convicting. And, and I'm thinking, wow, 27 years could be wiped away, that evil living through the blood of Jesus Christ. And 
that night as Myron Young preached the Word of God in that little Baptist church, New Year's Eve, 1973, I was just awestruck in so many ways. Watching that movie on the authenticity, watching that movie on the authenticity of the Bible from Moody Bible Institute, hearing people in that church giving testimony of great things God had done in their life in 1973. It was all fascinating. I thought, could this be real? And then, of course, the end of the day, coming up to the end of 1973, Pastor preaches a brief salvation message, and it was really good. Brief, but good. And then the question came, anyone here that does not know Jesus Christ as Savior? And of course, there I am, as lost as a goose in a snowstorm. Absolutely. I knew I was lost, but now what? He said, hey, if you're here, you've never trusted Christ as Savior, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you as we close out. I'm thinking, Really? Looking around, there's nobody. Everybody's got their heads bowed, so uh, I still couldn't do it. I thought, no, somebody's going to see me. Pride keeps more people out of heaven, and, and so he asked again. No one here tonight. So I kind of waved at him with my arm about halfway up, and he couldn't see it. I was in the back row, and we finally I just said, "Good grief, the guy! He can't." I just threw my hand up, and he said, "I see that hand, young man." Wow. At that point, I thought, all I want to do is now get out of here. I want to take this. I want to go back home and think about what I have just heard, but it didn't work that way. We tease oftentimes how many stanzas of Just As I Am we sing sometime in our churches, and they just kept singing, and finally I thought, no, nah, I got to do this. I want to know that I'm going to go to heaven someday. So I went forward, and Rollin Smith, he took the word of God, and I was in pastor's office, and he went down through the Romans Road, showed me how I was lost. I couldn't get to heaven without Jesus, and that I had a decision to make, and, and I did indeed make it. I wanted to be saved. That was 50 years ago, and I have been on the most fantastic adventure any man could ever be on. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. You know what? For you, maybe today is the day. And now this. Well, we appreciate so much those Christian radio stations in America. They sacrifice a great deal in order to get the gospel message to you, how to be saved, and, and equally important after that, sharing with you how to live the Christian life with great speakers, men and women from across the world that can come right into your automobile, home, breakfast nook, and share the good news of Jesus Christ and how to live this life. I know we here at Greg Patton Ministries through the Cross Church in Fort Wayne so excited to be a part of daily broadcasting right here on this Christian station. Hey, give them a big thank you for all the programming. And if you can, help out financially. Every ministry needs financial. How do you go on without money? Something to pray about and something to consider. God has blessed you. You need to bless others. Christian Radio. Ah. It's a must. Well, I shared this recently, and it bears repeating. When you get older, you think about it. Dying. What are they going to say? What are people going to say about Greg Patton after he's, I die today? I wonder what they'll say at my funeral later on this week. Something for everyone listening to consider. Could we sum your life up in a word? A pregnant sentence? 
something that folks will remember you for, positive things, influences you've had in their life. And we used Esther chapter 4, starting with verse 1, as our, our point of contact. King Xerxes had a queen who disrespected him in front of all the leaders, and he felt that if he did nothing about it, more women would do the same thing. And he was advised to cast her out of the kingdom, take her crown. Look for a new queen, was the word, and all the eligible virgins were invited to come to the king for a beauty pageant. The main characters are King Xerxes, his dethroned queen Vashida, Mordecai, his cousin Hadassah, also known as Esther, and the king's henchman Haman. Esther was coached into participating by her cousin Mordecai. He also told her not to let the king know that she was Jewish, and she found favor with the king and was appointed queen after some drama. Mordecai, standing outside the gate one day, heard that there was going to be an assassination of the king and warned the king through Esther. The king wanted to honor Mordecai, and he asked Haman how he would honor a hero. Haman thought, well, he's talking about me, of course, and I think he should have a parade and, and be a hero throughout the city put on a beautiful horse, and have everyone bow down. So the king brings Mordecai in and tells Haman, these are the things to do for Mordecai. Wow, was he mad. Can you imagine the rage of Haman as he was having to do for someone else what he thought was going to be for him? Haman not only wanted to kill Mordecai, he wanted to kill all the Jews, and he deceives the king into making some crazy decrees that would accomplish the task. Mordecai finds out the plot and goes to prayer, and this is where we pick it up in this legacy series today. Mordecai could have said, hey, I'm doing nothing. I don't want to get involved. If he would not have gotten involved, he would have never found out that the whole Jewish race was threatened by Haman. Mordecai was willing to share his blessings and his resources for a cause that was important to him. There you go. Mordecai was a mentor, and he allowed others to mentor him. How about you today? Mordecai not only reflected on what was important, he responded to what was important. Get it? Reflected? Responded. There are many people who believe in a cause or are just not willing to get involved or take the risk to invest in that cause. They love this thing from a distance. Oftentimes that happens with our revivals. People get all excited. My biggest disappointment came over in uh, Puerto Rico after we had a great revival. I had a lot of people from the military base there, Vajardo, get saved. But the assistant pastor they said, there's only one thing, Brother Patton, about these revivals. And I said, what's that, sir? He said, they only last about 30 days. Love from a distance, huh? Mordecai pursued his passion and became infectious to others so that the plan with God's help would come to pass. How about you and me? God will not ask you to do something that he is not prepared to equip you to do. What he calls you to do, he's going to be involved there. There are times to stand in the gap. There's times for God to use us. Allow him to do that, my friend. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're going to be reaching out to others in some way. Being a follower of Christ means when Jesus looks back at you, you're going to be right there. You would be a follower of Christ. You would be a learner of Christ. Everywhere you go and everything you do becomes an opportunity to share what Christ has done. There's two challenges. Number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, soul, and body, and love your neighbor as yourself. And number two, be holy because I, the Lord your God, is holy. He has to be your God, not just your buddy, your religion, not just one you called on in a time of need. He has to be your God. 
I uh, recall a gentleman who came to my church, and my goodness, I didn't quite understand where he was coming from as a visitor. He kept talking about how great his dad is and that dad can do anything. And with dad, nothing's and found out he was talking about our heavenly father. I think that's a rather cavalier spirit. Never mention God, always dad. Well, God, the father says to each of us, you shall do these things. You know what the problem is? The American church is so concerned with being entertained on Sunday morning that we struggle with the mandate of going and the mandate to follow. Mordecai could not stay silent because to stay silent would be disobedience to God. And on this side of the cross, to be silent would be in conflict with Jesus's words to us, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Luke 9, 23, take up your cross and follow Jesus. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross how often? Daily and follow me. Mark 1, 7, and Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Matthew ten thirty eight. and whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, Luke eighteen twenty two. one thing you still lack. See all that you have and distribute it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Here it is, my friend. You want to leave a legacy that the Lord would approve of. That would be to follow Jesus as the model for your life and get involved in people's lives that share the good news of the gospel. And you might consider this to put on your tombstone. Simple. Follower of Jesus. Be a follower of Christ. Be worthy of being a follower of Christ. A legacy such as the most of us see Esther as a book about doing the right thing. A story of God taking care of his people, even though Esther is a book where God is not mentioned even one time. It's a reflection of God without mentioning God. The events in Esther take place 500 years before Jesus Christ, and the Jews were returning home after 70 years of captivity, and God was going to use Mordecai and Esther to do some amazing things. These two were in that position for such a time as this, and so will you be. Esther and Mordecai were in that position. They were there to accomplish what was needed for the kingdom of God, and God had selected them to be his vessels in accomplishing that if, this is a key, they made themselves available. Fast forward to this new year. Are you willing to be used of God right where you are? We are not silent. Out of the ashes comes redemption and the beauty of God. Chuck Swindoll in his book Esther wrote, God's presence is not as intriguing as his absence. His voice is not as eloquent as his silence. Who of us have not longed for a word from God, searched for a glimpse of his power, or yearned for the reassurance of his presence, only to feel that he seems distant, absent from the moment, preoccupied, yet later we realize how very present he was all along. Ever hear the term, big doors swing on small hinges? God can do great things with common people like you and me when they're doing these things in the power and the anointing of God, and that legacy is coming. Keep your talents, your gifts dusted off and ready to be used, but more importantly, make sure you're available for what the Lord wants to do through his power. There's a time to speak up, and there's a time to shut up. I'm learning from the Lord to do each. Has God placed you where you are for such a time as this? Maybe you ought to be praying about that. How can I be a Christian influence? How can I have God glorified in my life? 
What does God want me to say or do? God created you for a purpose. You are not an afterthought. God has something for each one of us to do individually and corporately. And you may be one step of faith away from a blessing that takes you to a new level in your Christian walk and be a part of someone's life that takes them to the next level. Maybe you are where you are because God has a job for you to do right now and a project you need to finish. He is placing that responsibility in your court now. Will you accept the task and allow God to work through you? That, my friend, is leaving a legacy that the Lord would put his stamp of approval on. So let me ask again, what if you died today? What would they say? I think we should do this every day. To renew your mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2. So that having the mind of Christ is played out in your life every day in your walk on this old earth. Amen. So let's go up and down the street here, knock on the doors and say, are you a Christian? What do you think the response would be? So when people say about their faith, I'm a Christian, should you say that? The word Christian means so many different things these days. Instead, maybe we should say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, because that can mean only one thing, right? What does it mean to follow Jesus Christ? The 12 disciples who followed him during his ministry on earth left their homes, left their jobs, sold everything they had, and followed Jesus. Their love for Christ surpassed their attachment to things. To follow Jesus completely, we, like the disciples, must place him above every opportunity, everything. So many Christians are content today to settle for a minimal belief in Jesus. They've trusted him for salvation from their sins and know they're going to heaven. Many times these folks go no further, and as a result, they miss out on the amazing joy of being a disciple. The truth is we all have specific calls upon our life. God's got a purpose for each one of us. He engineers a specific plan for me as a pastor and a unique path for you in well, whatever you do, in your personal life, your vocation, we have a responsibility to answer that call by obediently following him, no matter the consequences. Now, he may not call you to the mission field or ask you to sell your possessions, sell your home, go. His plan for you, though, is unique. But I think I can assure you of one thing. He commands all of his followers to share the gospel message with others. The concept of sharing what we've learned about God dates back into the Old Testament history. We can see the practice of Job's conversation with his three friends. And certainly Moses explaining the law of the Lord to the Israelites was his way of discipling them. You know, Paul discipled Christians by traveling on foot from one synagogue to another. What do we do today? Television, computer, it has revolutionized the ministry, the pulpit. In this time frame of unprecedented technological advances, the church building and the classroom extend far beyond physical borders. This program via the Internet is heard around the world, which just fascinates me. Our medium has changed dramatically, but our message remains the same, right? The Word of God never changes. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen: Go, make disciples of all nations. It's relevant to us today as it was to those first disciples. That has not changed. Would you agree? And all of the disciples of Jesus Christ are believers, but not all believers are disciples. Too often churches are long on membership, short on discipleship. They stress numbers, but place 
nowhere near enough emphasis on growing spiritually. It's so important. And yet, if the church is trying to follow the New Testament model, it should be discipling God's people constantly. And when you hear that word, we usually think about the 12 apostles who were fortunate enough to know Jesus personally. However, the Lord intended for every believer to be in that category, a disciple. Before he died, Jesus commanded all of his disciples, saying, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. We should take that charge very seriously. Disciples are people who have received Jesus as Savior, yielded to him as Lord, and appropriated his word as a guide for their life. They're learners who are so hungry and thirsty after God that they apply whatever they hear and eagerly share that good news with others. In other words, it's not enough to simply believe in Jesus or even be content with learning about him. We are to tell others to be disciple-makers. While discipleship ought to be the norm for every Bible-believing church out there, that, too, is rarely the case. The majority of Christians live their faith in isolation. They're secret agents of the Lord's army. They have little impact on others. They miss out on the important purpose that God has for their life. They prefer to sit there in the pew, enjoy the messages, go live their life, and return to church the next Sunday. They want just enough gospel to keep them out of trouble. Then if hard times hit, they run to the church and find some counselor that's going to help them out of that trouble. That's not what the Christian life is about. It's a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, which transforms us so much that the overflow of Christ's life within us makes a definite, eternal difference in the lives of others. I don't preach every Sunday merely to my flock's enjoyment. My intention is that at the end of each message, listeners will have something convicting. Whether it concerns a particular sin or a commitment requiring attention, that you're going to do something different this week after you hear my message. My desire is that they apply spiritual principle to their own lives, and they will also share these truths so that others will grow stronger in their faith. For the Christian, success is not simply the avoidance of sin that's good. It's a life so yielded to God that it makes an eternal difference to another person. You are indeed a walking Bible. Throughout history, Christians have taken seriously that charge to make disciples. In the first century, Paul discipled people by traveling from city to city. He preached the word. Scribes preserved the gospel text by executing a rigorous program of copying scripture from one manuscript to another. And as time passed after Jesus' death, the gospel spread in various forms. The Gutenberg Press put numerous copies of the Bible into circulation. Translators made scripture available in different languages. And radio technology allowed for the global broadcasting of the good news, something that we here at Hello World certainly enjoy daily. How great it is to send that message out there. We need to be committed to discipling believers all over the world. And there's so many countless ways for a Christian to do this. One-on-one -on -one Bible study, home groups, Bible college, seminaries have a long time provided opportunities for spiritual growth. But new, surprisingly effective methods of discipleship are being discovered every day. Are you using them, my friend? Answering the call of Almighty God, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Yep, we need to answer the call of the Great Commission. Well, that's it. You've uh, heard a special edition of Hello World. 
three different segments, my friend, I pray were a blessing to you this day. You pray for us as we travel around the country and preach the word of God that souls be saved and lives would be changed. Go ahead and get in touch with us, Greg at gregpatton.com, P-A-T-T-E-N. And then Facebook, it's Greg Patton. Yeah, I love friends and I'd love to have you join us. So support this Christian radio station. Every opportunity you get, continue to pray for it. And well, however the Lord leads you. That's it. Have me say here for another day. Thank you so much for being here. God bless and enjoy the remainder of your day.